although I was just having one of those moments thinking, if I drink any more water, I'm going to have to go to the loo. And I don't know what you're like, but sometimes I find I'm so busy that I think, I haven't been to the loo, I need to go. Is anyone else like that? Or is that just, just me? Just me, good. That's all right then. I just shared something then that you might not have wanted to hear, but too bad. <laughs> uh, as, oh, glasses. It's something to do with my age, my children tell me. Everybody wears them at your age, Mum. Uh, so I, perhaps I better put them on. So there we are. I can see what I'm reading, but I can't see you so well. That's, maybe that's a good thing. Uh, God is good, isn't he? He is amazing. And, uh, and as we sing that song, I'm, I'm always amazed at how God is good to me because uh, Bex might say I've always been involved in women's ministry, but even 11 years ago as I turned up as St. Saviour's, if anybody had told me that I would be uh, working and leading in women's ministry, I'd have laughed and said, there's no way God will have that in his plan for me. So that's my first warning to you, that if you're laughing at anything that you think, well, I haven't got time for that, or that's not what God's going to ask me to do, be careful what you wish for or say no to, uh, because God in his goodness has uh, challenged me to step out to do things that I would say are not the things that I comfortably do. Uh, so uh, I look at all of you this evening and I think, oh my goodness, there's a lot of people uh, I don't do lots of people, uh, as Beck says, I, I work in the kind of leadership team development field, but I don't do that with lots and lots of people, I tend to do it with small groups where I get to know people quite well, so uh, when my daughter asked me, you know, does this make you nervous, mum, I said, absolutely it does, it's really scary, and I know some of these people, you know, I can... <laughs> I can usually, uh, I have the, the, the lovely privilege of working abroad quite a lot as well as in the UK and uh, it's quite nice at the end of the day sometimes to uh, go, well, I might not see them ever again or I might not see them for a while or at least I can hop on a plane and be a long way away <laughs> so that uh, they don't either bump into me and see what I'm really like or they don't meet my children and go, no, she's absolutely useless. Uh, so... Uh, you know, this, this is a vulnerability, isn't it, when you are in your own family? Although, uh, I, I think the notice must have gone out to other churches. Am I thinking there are other people from other churches here? Yes, a few, yes, a few nervous. Some people, you're not declaring it, are you? But you're definitely not from St. Saviour's, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely sure of that. And you're very, exactly, you're very welcome. But I... <laughs> On, on the safe side for me, Bex, is thinking I won't see everybody here on a Sunday. Phew, thank goodness for that. Uh, so, why are you here? Uh, I hope it's because you read some of the stuff we sent out. I hope it's because you're looking to find some, some balance. And I can't promise I'm going to have all the answers. But I hope that tonight I will encourage you uh, and maybe challenge you too. Uh, I take... Um, I take great pleasure in saying quite often when I go to organisations that I like to disturb people's thinking. Uh, there are one or two people here who have worked with me who might say that that's true. And, uh, and I think particularly in our Christian faith, you know, God loves to disturb our thinking. He loves to shake us up and say, actually, I want to do new things. And often we limit God by the things. We say, we're so busy, God. I'm so busy doing all the other things you want me to do. And so I really want to encourage you this evening so are you open to what God may say, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to be spending your time. And uh, I have a sense this evening, there are some people who know already that you are not spending the time where God wants you to. And I don't know who you are, and I don't know more than that, but I've sensed that very strongly today, that, that God says there are people who know that they are not spending time where I really want them to 
to flourish and to be. So, uh, who am I? Slide number one, if that can work, hopefully. Technology, don't you just love it? Always love it when it doesn't work, because obviously I'm not here to do anything on technology. I don't do any training on technology or development around IT. Are we going to get something? Am I who I say I am? Well, uh, oops. There we go. Can we go back to one? I went somewhere recently, and apparently they said that some people had Googled me. Well, I thought I'd never Googled myself, so perhaps I better. And uh, this is what came up. And I can see some of you may have done that, because you've chosen my colour. Joe over there, she's ready to step in for me, aren't you, Joe? Are our glasses similar? She hasn't got her blue hair on today. Uh, but there are I thought my name was quite uncommon. When I told my father that I'd met this chap called Steve and, and possibly was the guy I was going to marry, he said, what's he called? I told him, he said, if you're going to live with that name, you better love him. <laughs> but now, there are obviously clearly quite a few Rachel Slough. Slough's obviously not such a bad name. Our children used to get really excited going down the M4. <laughs> they don't anymore. I used to get really excited going, how close was I to Windsor? How close? <laughs> but, so, uh, who am I? What does that tell you? What does Google tell us about anybody, huh? We can look stuff up, can't we? We can kind of try and find out who people are. Uh, but actually... Um, I am Rachel Slough, and I am the right person doing this talk this evening, so I hope that you've, you've turned up to see the right person. There's obviously lots of other people called that, so it's interesting. And, um, but actually, what I want to tell you a bit this evening is a bit about my journey with God and, uh, and my challenge of getting balance. And I might talk about this kind of stuff in the secular world, but God doesn't come into it. So actually, bringing the God bit in is a bit scary for me. I don't do it very often. I, and uh, I was asked recently by a delegate, do you practice what you preach? I thought that was a bit of a cheeky question, personally. Uh, but uh, a good question, isn't it? Are, are we authentic? Are we the real people? And so I hope this evening I'll share some of my journey and that that will um, challenge you. I don't know what you've... Uh, can we have the next slide? My clicker doesn't seem to be responding. Thank you. Does this seem familiar? Do you know it's still less than six months ago that we looked at the dreaded New Year's resolutions? Who had anything about time on their New Year's resolution? I will make more time for whatever. Anybody have a resolution like that? Is it so long ago you've forgotten already? I know they say, isn't it, Black Week is the third week in January. We've all forgotten our resolutions. But uh, it's a good example, isn't it, where every year people try and put us in a place where we say, well, actually, where should I be spending my time? What should I actually be doing? What do I want to do? And, uh, and so quickly it's, it's forgotten. And so I want us today to have a little think about, actually, where, am I want, where do I want to spend my time? So I thought it would be good to just do a little bit of a fun exercise. I juggle lots of things. Uh, Bex told you my daughter's 21 tomorrow. Makes me feel very old. I'm sure I haven't got any older, but I don't know how she got to 21. So something must have happened somewhere. And it's the first time she's heard her mother speak. So there we go. And we're going on a spa day tomorrow, so we can be very quiet. <laughs> so she's probably heard enough of me uh, tonight. But uh, I think you're going to help me, Hannah, aren't you? We've got some balloons around. There are some balloons at the back. Can someone grab? There's a bag of balloons. So I want us to knock a few balloons around. And when you catch one on your table, just have a very quick discussion. What are the things that you juggle? They're different for everybody, aren't they? What have I juggled the last few days? I'll tell you about. But what are you juggling? Here are some of mine. Here we are. I'm juggling a 21st birthday, A-level exams. Anyone want my life? Builders. 
So uh, when you catch one, just have a discussion on your table. Don't use your biro. There are some nice pens. Catch one, Tara, and get something written on it. There are nice pens on your table. So stop it and write something on it. What are you juggling? Tell us what you're juggling. Find a pen when you get a balloon and write something on it. What are you juggling on your table? Thanks, Tom. Oh, cool. Write down one or two things and pass it on to someone else. Grandchildren, that's a good one. So when you've got your balloon, write something on, pass it on to somebody else. Choose the right pen or they're going to go pop at you. It's empty. Jennifer, get your table in order. Get something on that balloon. Right, thank you. Oh, what have we got here? Let's have a look. Worries, relationships, 22. Oh, is it? Here you are, ladies. Write something on yours. There's another one. Write something on it. Thank you. And uh, when we've got a few, just pass them back to the front. Make sure there's something on them. Has that got something on it? Add to it. Great. Okay. Huh? You've got to shut them up, I know. Right, everybody. Thank you very much. Who's holding a balloon? Someone tell me a few things that are on them. Table at the back, what have you got on your balloon? Tell us so we can all hear. Self, yeah, that's a good one. Mum's taxi, yeah, that's a great one, yeah. Sorry? Friends, oh, I know, terrible thing to juggle, yeah. Children, oh, okay, over here, give us some of yours, ladies, back table there. What have you got in your balloon there? Shout us a few. Oh, you're going to hand it to someone else. Julia, tell us a few. Grandchildren, elderly parents. There's a bit of a theme going on on this side of the room. Yeah. Husbands, yes. How many? I know. How many? Husbands, yeah. Uh, what kind of church is this? You're in the wrong one. Right, okay. Uh, we juggle a lot, don't we? We all have different things, and uh, they're different. Our needs are different. The, the demands that we have on our lives are different, and they're at different stages. I'm very glad, while I love my children when they were tiny, I'm quite glad to have older children. They bring their own challenges, but it's a bit different, and it's a different kind of juggling. And so there are different seasons in which we juggle in. But, uh, you know, I love being among women. And, you know, the unusual thing today is we don't even have a man on sound. 
Isn't that amazing? Great. Thank you, ladies on the sound and video. Uh, I want to show you one of my favorite videos that, for me, sums up why women can laugh at men. And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. <laughs> well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there... Stop things... trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like there's this achy... I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Come on, if you would just. Don't! Try to see things my way. Thank you. See, women particularly love that, don't they? My, my husband hates that video. I think because it reminds him of himself. Uh, but it's so true, isn't it? There is something about women coming together that, uh, that we can enjoy, that we can support one another. I'd, uh, there are certain things that only women understand. I don't know if anyone else here is a gym user. I like going to the gym, but I, it, I'm still mystified as to why is it the only other person in the gym always has the locker next door to yours. You ever notice that? If anyone has the scientific reason why that happens, I'd love to know, because I try a different locker every time, and I always end up next to the person who's drawing themselves, and it always feels really awkward. I'm glad other people have recognized that, otherwise some people go, well, oh, no, I never experienced that. Yeah? Well, how you can lose stuff in your handbag? Yeah, but Steve never understands that. How can you lose it? I said, because you don't carry handbags, you don't understand. You know? Things just get lost, don't they? Fortunately, I found my notes for this evening. Uh, and today, in M&S, I was just packing up my shopping, and this lovely lady dropped her shopping at my feet. I was then saying, I'm really sorry, I'm so glad you're a woman, because actually I was just trying to pack really carefully all my women's feminine stuff. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, uh, can I help you? Or No, don't worry, I know it's really embarrassing, isn't it? Do you have that problem? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. Men would never have that conversation, would they, in a supermarket? They just wouldn't have it. Uh, she said, I've just got a lot on today, and now I'm in a rush. And I was thinking, don't talk to me about my day. I'm just going to be talking about that this evening. So I don't know what your day's been like. But actually, God says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And uh, can I have our next slide? Thank you. Is this not true? That we can often look in the mirror, but it comes with a warning. This mirror may be distorted by socially constructed ideas of beauty. We spend so much time, don't we, trying to kind of fit the perfect image or how we should look or feel. Or uh, I did uh, a DTS with um, YWAM many years ago and somebody on the uh, course, we didn't know it at the time, but the things she was told by God to do was not to look in a mirror for a month. 
that the rest of us thought that was all a bit weird. Uh, but actually, it was a real, real challenge for her about her obsession with needing to look right before she ever left anywhere. And yet God says that we are beautiful and that we are made in his image. And uh, next slide, please. So we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And yet I don't suppose we say that to ourselves very often because we're too busy, aren't we? We're rushing around doing stuff. Uh, Just this uh, last week, I was asking a group of people how they felt about their time and where it went and how they were feeling. These were people who had responsibility for others. And uh, I often ask people to choose pictures that are relevant for them. And, uh, and a picture tells a thousand words, doesn't it? People will choose a picture that they would never express to you in detail. So this was the picture this person showed. Can we have our next slide? <laughs> Oof. Was she having a good week? Perhaps not. You know, but the joy of my work is that actually often people are very honest and very vulnerable about the stuff that they're juggling and how difficult and painful that that is. I was also reminded, Eleni, you might not remember this, but your mother chose this card about prayer about five years ago, (laughs) that she thought prayer was messy and took time. And, uh, you know, things do, don't they? Most things take time. So I wonder, whatever your day has been, whether this would be the picture you would describe, and, of course, it is only Monday. Uh, Sorry to tell you that. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has made us for purpose. So, our next picture, please. Thank you. What does a picture tell you? Oh, there's a nice Surrey picture, isn't it? Lovely family. Helen, I might have something else to say about that. Yes, I'm happily married to Steve. We have two wonderful children, Helen and Harrison, and our lovely third child, the Jack Russell. Rosie, who was much easier. Uh, and, (laughs) And this year, we celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. So, has it been a bed of roses? Well, if you're like me, roses have many thorns on too, don't they? And uh, it absolutely has not. And uh, as Helena, our daughter, once asked, and I quote, why on earth did you marry him? (laughs) That's the only embarrassing thing I'll say about her this evening. Uh, You know, it's been hard, and we've had our sadness, and we've had our disappointments, and we've had to really work at it. And remember that somehow God in his wisdom brought us together. And, uh, and that's the truth, isn't it? We live in a, a place, particularly I think, that says these are the wonderful pictures when we go into people's homes. And, uh, and everything looks good and rosy. But actually it's, it's a real hard juggle, isn't it? To keep things, the different things that we're doing in our lives in one piece. Uh, I don't know who wrote husbands, but one is bad enough. Uh, so, uh, but how do we do that? You know? <laughs> Who would describe their life as busy? Put your hand up. You say, I'm busy. Oh, come on. There must be more of you than that. I know it's only Monday. Why are you here then? You can go home now if you're not busy. Yeah, we're all busy, aren't we? We've all got different things that we're juggling. Uh, Many of us live on that treadmill, both literally and figuratively. We're always hustling to try and fit everything in for things to be more perfect than our neighbours, for our garden to look better than everyone else's, for our, our work to be better than somebody else's, for our career to progress, you know, and our dreams to come to fruition. But that's not life, is it? I, if I'm honest, there's something quite nice, isn't there, when people say, I know you're busy, and you're going, oh, thanks for acknowledging that, I'm glad that you noticed that, yeah. 
But there's a danger in that, isn't it, that we can appear to be too busy and not, not ready to help others. Uh, and there's that phrase that I confess I do hear it sometimes, and my mother-in-law is a quoter of it, is, I don't know how you do it. You know, and I think of the story of Martha in the Bible. And actually, you know, I quite like Martha. She quite appeals to me. There's a comfort that she brings in the fact that she was kind of quite busy and thought she was doing the right thing. And I think that's one of the things that I struggled with, certainly in my earlier years, was just thinking actually being busy seemed to be the right thing to do, that actually God wanted to, to keep me busy doing lots of things. And whether I was doing the right things depended on really what I chose to do. So what are we juggling? Can I have my next slide? Thank you. Study, maybe some of you are studying. I know it's that time of year. I know it's coming to the end of the year. I'm not sure if it's on those balloons. What else might we do? We can flick through it quite quickly. Kids, I think we've heard that already this evening. Oh, and again. Yeah, that's a slow burner, that one. Our partners, yeah. That's <laughs> wasn't designed like that, honestly. <laughs> Work, yeah. Our health, parents, elderly parents, like something that came over here. Church. Anything else? Just too much stuff. Yeah, we're just juggling too much. How do I do it? How do I juggle what I do? Actually, the truth is I don't always. And, uh, you know, I've learned the hard way. It has cost me my health on more than one occasion because I haven't known when to stop. And I've been busy doing all the stuff I do, but actually, if I'm honest, it was probably killing me. But would I say that to people? Probably not. I don't know if you've come across Jordan P. Peterson. He's a very popular book at the moment. Have come across his book, 12 Rules for Life. If we follow this book, we'll all live a wonderful life. Uh, he comes up with a list of some things. I like some of his things. It says, do not do things that you hate. Seems quite a good rule. <laughs> Pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. Remember that you, what you do not know yet is more important than what you already know. It's quite a challenge, isn't it? We should always be learning. Set your house in perfect order before you criticise the world. Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Really, it's much easier to... Do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. <laughs> yeah. Try to make one room in your house as beautiful as possible. And this is my particular favourite, except my husband doesn't read, so it won't make any difference to him, but do not transform your wife into a maid. It's quite a good challenging one, isn't it? So, uh, next slide, please. I was thinking about this beautiful room thing. And this is, um, actually some of you will know I'm lying if I say it's my current sitting room because some people have seen that as of this weekend it isn't like this anymore. But it was like this for a couple of weeks. But the thing that struck me was beauty doesn't happen easily, does it? Anyone start on a decorating project and you get about halfway through and you think, why are we doing this? It's such a nightmare. It's taken so long. There's mess everywhere. Yeah, it's exhausting, isn't it? Actually, beauty... It doesn't come easily. We can live by these rules, but how on earth do we do it? Thanks, you can turn that off, thank you. Psalm 52 says, But I'm like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. You know, flourish appears in the Bible at least 23 times. But how do we flourish and grow and reach our potential and keep it all in balance? 
I love this verse uh, from the message version, 1 Peter 5, and I think it's very relevant to most of us. But so be content with who you are and don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. Live carefree before God because he is most careful with you. Keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. No, I grew up in a vicarage as a vicar's kid, and uh, I'm sure for some of you will, will understand that well, and others will have some understanding that that's a pretty busy household. And uh, I think one of the things I didn't notice as, I, as a youngster was I thought that was normal for most people. And uh, being in a busy house was normal. And having people coming and going, your parents working at weekends, all that kind of stuff, that that's what was normal. And, uh, and almost keeping busy was a sign of approval. You know, you didn't kind of sit around watching telly for very long, or not without getting into trouble. Uh, but you know, God created the Sabbath. He created rest. He wants us to rest. One or two people put that on their balloons. Self, what are you trying to manage? Prioritize. And, you know, one of the things that I've had to challenge myself is that actually resting and looking after ourself is part of God's plan. And, you know, if it's good enough for God, I think we have to make time for it ourselves. And, uh, and I think that that's a challenge for quite a few of us. It was certainly a challenge for me. And, uh, and I married someone who knew how to rest well. And that's been a challenge in our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> And I probably don't need to highlight that anymore because you can well imagine the conversations. I'm in the kitchen doing everything and you're sitting there watching sport. But actually also in that, Steve taught me what it was to rest as well and to take time to rest. And that's something that God's taught me a lot about learning to rest in him. And when I look at my life and the things that I've tried to juggle, actually lots of them are still the same things. The things I'm passionate about, the things I love doing, the love of learning, connecting with people, enabling others to do what they do. These are all the things that I've always loved and always tried to juggle. And they continue to bring me great joy and fulfillment. But there are times and seasons when actually there are things that must go. There are things that we have to put aside. And yet we live in a culture, don't we, that says, you know, to define us as a woman, what it means to be successful, what it means to live a valuable life. We're kind of given all these pressures you know, I love work, I absolutely do, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say so. And there were days when I walked out the door and our nanny walked in when I said, you are gonna have a worse day than me. And, uh, and I loved being able to do the balance of that. And there's nothing in the Bible about retirement, unless anyone knows that there is, I haven't found it. There's all about the things that we will do until our final day. And uh, some of you know that my father died last year following surgery, and on the way down to the anaesthetist, uh, they'd offered him a wheelchair, he said, I can absolutely walk, I don't need one of those things. The nurse said to him, you know, it must be lovely being retired. He said, don't be a ridiculous woman, I'm more busy than I've ever been. And this operation's going to get in my way. You know, and that was his last day. But I look at him and I think there was a level at which I believe that after his first cardiac arrest, that he saw heaven. And when he saw that, he knew that actually that was what was worth living for. I'm under no doubt about that. He would have hated to have not been busy in his life, but I am grateful that God took him when he still wanted to do more. And at 87, that's quite a testimony, and quite a testimony to his surgeon and other people. But actually, what is it that we are busy 
doing. And I think that was a level where my dad, actually, he was so busy that actually I think a glimpse of heaven made him realise how tired he was. And I don't want to be quite like that, but I do want to know that when my time comes, I believe that I'm doing what God wants me to do, and I have done the things that God wants me to do. So how do we get our priorities right? How do we decide on what to juggle? That's the real challenge, isn't it? And I don't know how you do that. And I'm going to show you one thing that I've done that I found helpful. And there were some bits of paper around, but I don't know how useful that's going to be because there are loads of you, and, and so some of you might want to grab a bit of paper or not, but we can, you can look this up and YouTube it, perhaps. But, um, and you may have come across this before, but it's a, it's a little tool that I've used before, and if we can have the next slide, it's called the, uh, the Wheel of Balance or the Priorities Wheel. People come across it before? And... Um, and really, they say in life, if we're going to juggle and do things well, we probably only really want to be managing six to eight things at any one time to do that effectively, to give of our time appropriately. I think that might change for different people at different times. But uh, I've done a kind of pretty version of it. And the thing that I've learned to do with that over the periods of times when in seasons that I've been in is saying, actually, God, what are the things that you want me to do? Whoa! And there's always the option of it all goes bang anyway. <laughs> but uh, before it goes bang, I'll try and suggest, actually, what are the things that you are juggling at the moment? What does that look like? So for me, next slide, please. Hopefully it's going to work. And click. Hey, there we go. So these would be some of mine. Work is one of my priorities. It's a big one at the moment because I'm buying my business. And, uh, and part of that is actually wanting freedom to do what I think God is asking me to do. So that's quite a big priority for me at the moment. My kids. Helen might like to think that she's a bit of a separate priority to her brother Harrison. But um, I've joined them together for this example. But tomorrow she's my priority, as you know. And rightly so. Uh, and of course, Steve gets his own separate one. He might not feel that on occasions, but I think it's quite important that he does have his own separate bit. I am married, and he is my husband, and, and he has to be on there somewhere. Uh, and also, uh, I've got my mum on there, because actually, for the first time ever in my life, in the absence of my father, my mum has had to take a priority that she never had to before. And I've actually had to make a conscious effort to make time for that. And I've had to let other things go, because I realised for this time and this season, she needs me. What I didn't add to the story was four months after my father's death, my sister's husband dropped down dead with a cardiac arrest. And, sh and so our family went through complete chaos. And there was a point at which I had to go, actually, I've got to drop a few things to give time to other things. But that's one of the lessons that I've had to learn, that I can't just add another one in. I wish I could juggle and show you, and I'm rubbish at juggling, so it's absolutely hopeless. And it would spoil the whole story, of course, because I can only juggle two things, and that's not what we're talking about. But actually, what are our priorities? And, uh, and part of my struggle, my oldest brother is, I'm not sure he's got this bit yet, he's trying to fit my mum in on everything else that he's doing. But actually, I realised that that was a priority for this time and this season. That means I have to call every day. I rarely called my parents before my father died. And if I did, he'd always go, well, we're busy. I haven't got time to talk to you. It's a big change. But it's a priority. I have to make that a priority now. Uh, and I've got church there. Church is probably a bit less at the moment, actually, in terms of my commitment to it, because there are other things that are taking my time. And then, of course, I've got my friends. And actually, I put God on separately. Because you know what? I think one of the lessons that I learned was that actually I thought God was part of church. Does that make sense? 
I kind of lumped God into church. And I think one of the lessons that I had to learn was God said, actually, I'm not church. And your relationship with me and the time you spend with me is different from what you do at church. And, uh, and that was a difficult lesson for me to learn. So what are the things that you're juggling? Are they the right things? As you separate that out, is that the right thing for this season and this time? Uh, next slide, please. And then on that, we divide that up with a scale of one to 10. And as we look at the things we're juggling, we give them a bit of a rating. So 10 out of 10 would be pretty good. Wouldn't you agree? Do you think Steve would be happy if I put him at 10 out of 10? Yes, I might put him at 10, they might say two. But actually it's about how happy am I that that is in the right balance at the moment? Is the time I'm giving the right time for that? Does it have to be 10 out of 10? Probably not. Certain things need more time than others. But it helps give us a bit of a scale. Actually, if those are the things that I'm juggling, and they are the right things that I'm juggling, where are they in proportion to the time and commitment I'm spending on them? And is that right? Because again, quite often we find that we're drained by the things that we shouldn't be doing. And we're living in this busy, hurry, 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 do, 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 do everything, and we're not giving the time to the things that God has asked us to do. So I wonder where you would put your rating on it. And, uh, and I'm not going to tell you exactly mine, but you might end up, uh, can we have the next slide, please? With something that looks a bit like that. You'll join up those priorities of your life and go, actually, is that the kind of right shape for me at the moment? Or is there anything that's really out of shape and I need to give more time and commitment to it? Where is the balance? And I encourage people uh, to do this, you know, maybe once a year or certainly once every three years. Just are you where you need to be? And, uh, and I think as Christians, there's another element to that where we ask God, actually, where does God want us to be? Are we in the shape that God wants us to be? Or are we running ourselves ragged? You know, the question I get asked more than any other, wherever I am in the world, is all about balance. People always ask me. Last year, I was running a young talent program that was mainly full of 30-something engineers, male, generally. And actually, it was the biggest question I was asked all the time. How do you balance family, career, your wife, and all of those separate kind of things, partners, time for family? And it's a challenge for everybody, isn't it? So what can we do? As I said, I, I rather like Martha. We can turn it off, thank you. Luke 10 and this is from the Amplified Version, actually, but I like the words that are used in this. As, now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And she approached him and said, Lord... Is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I'm a bit of a Martha, that's what I'd be thinking. Come on, you know, what are you doing? I'm busy. Why isn't anyone helping me? But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. I think this is very true for, for many of us, that we are busy and distracted. 
and so busy and distracted that we're certainly not continuing listening to God. And maybe we're busy doing the things that God did tell us to do a while ago, but now he's actually asking us to stop. What are you busy and distracted by? I think it's a disease of our modern age as well. You know, we need to be doing, 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 hurry, hurry, hurry. The devil loves to steal our time in busyness. Acts 19, Paul, talking to the disciples in Ephesus, instructs them, you ought to calm down and not do anything rash. That's another issue that I certainly see in the workplace with people saying, you know, Rachel, I'm, I'm, under, I'm under this pressure to make decisions that I don't have time to think about, and I don't know if they're the right ones. You know, what pressure are we putting under people? What are the things that we can make decisions on quickly and the decisions that we need to take time for? So where might you be out of balance? Where are you saying yes and God says no? And uh, I think that's something else that God is saying to us tonight. Actually, that many of us say yes to things that God says no. That's not where I want you to be at this time. That's not where I want you to be spending your time. Proverbs 3 asks us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. I don't know about you, but I often go running to God when it's all going wrong. Thinking, oh, it's so crazy. What can I do? I'm feeling under pressure. I've got all this stuff going on. But I haven't put God first and I haven't asked him first. And you'll be surprised when you put God first and ask him where he wants you to spend your time that actually you often have more time than you thought you needed because he helps set our priorities in the right place. So I wonder, what is going to be your challenge? You know, as I prayed about this evening, uh, one of the things I really felt strongly was this verse. Can I have the next slide, please? Be still and know that I am God. I don't know about you, but I... I use the excuse that I'm not wired up to be still. I think even Beck said that I might deliver my message with a certain amount of energy. You know, but I'm not very good at being still. And God's taught me a lot about being still. But unfortunately, I've done that sometimes by being flat out ill for a few weeks on end. And it hasn't happened in the last 10 years. But certainly, you know, kind of 20 years ago, uh, I can think of two occasions where probably I was just too busy and I was just adding more to be juggling or spinning and not stopping on some things. So, uh, interestingly, today on Bible Gateway, this was the verse for today. And then I read another passage somewhere else and it was also the verse for today. And I was thinking, okay, God, I hear you. Now, how does God speak to you? Does it have to shout out at you? So how will you put God first? What do you need to leave behind in order to recover your essential self, the person who you are that God created? What might you need to walk away from to reclaim the things that God wants you to do? The things that will help you flourish and bring growth. Because it's not about just cutting things out, it's about getting a balance. And I believe our God created us for that and longs that we come to him first. So I wonder what our choices might be. I think we do have a choice. Can I have my last slide, please? 
So what choices do we have? Well, we could just uh, give up, be the first one, give in, it's just too much, or give it our all. But we do that with the promise of John 10, verse 10, which says, we should know it, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, I believe that that's God's promise for us. I believe that's what God wants for us in our lives. And I don't get very often the chance to express that to people, but I see it everywhere I go, where I long to see people thrive in their workplace, people who are doing what they don't want to be doing. I had a conversation with a a company I worked with recently, and they said, did you tell so-and-so to leave this company, Rachel? I'm thinking, uh, well, it's not exactly, no. Uh, But you know what? I said after a few weeks of working with this group, my only question to him was, if that's what you go home every Friday night and say to yourself and you say it to your wife and your family, my challenge to you is how many years do you want to carry on doing that? He said, we've been working on performance management for three years with this guy. I said, then you asked him the wrong questions. Most of us want some balance. Most of us want to be where we're going to flourish. And when we've got God on our side, that is amazing. When we ask God first, you know what? He gives us the right answers. And that's transformational and really exciting. So I don't know what you're juggling, and I don't know where you think your priorities should be. And I hope that I've challenged and encouraged you to think about them. But I do also know that God says, be still and know that I am God. And I have a plan and a purpose for your life. And I long to be a part of it. Shall we pray?